Lord has given us so many things to praise Him for and so many wonderful things and blessings that God gives to us that uh, when we come to worship Him together as His family, uh, it ought to be a celebration and our minds should just flood back of all of the great things that God has done. And one of the great things that the Lord has done for us is given us His Word. And if you would, take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 1 this morning. It is the sixth book in the Old Testament. So if you are unfamiliar with where Joshua is, you go to the very front of your Bible at Genesis and go to the right about six books and you'll come to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua is a book that teaches us about a journey, a journey that God's people had been on for 40 years. It is the end of that journey, but it's the beginning of an even better journey. Because for 40 years in the book of Exodus and on through even the book of Deuteronomy retelling uh, so much of their walk through the wilderness, for 40 years God's people had been taken out of Egypt and wandered around the desert for 40 years. Now part of that was because of their own disobedience to God. But God had sent Moses into Egypt to get his people out of slavery. And through the course of ten plagues, God showed to Pharaoh, who was in charge there in Egypt, that he was greater and that Pharaoh was no God. And when the people wandered around the wilderness for 40 years, God took them from that journey to an even better journey. And that's why we come to the book of Joshua, to see what God has for us as a church and what is our journey. In fact, there was a... Uh, shoe store that was robbed just this past week in Virginia and there were several things that were stolen from that shoe store they took some shirts and they took some candy and they took some other things but they also stole 13 pairs or 13 right foot shoes just the right foot out of the pair can you imagine stealing 13 what you think are pairs of shoes and they're all for your right foot I guess if you wore them you just walk in a circle you know, like this, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know how to walk right if you just had two pair of right shoes on. I have no doubt that that's how the children of Israel felt as they just wandered around the desert because it's not that big of a place and you'd think Israel is just a little north and yet they just kept walking around in circles and in circles. But that same journey is true of too many of us as Christians. We start on this life journey with God. And yet for some of us, we get stuck in this pattern as if we're wearing two pair of right shoes and all we do is just walk in a circle, really burning a lot of energy, taking a lot of time, but never making any progress. It's true sometimes of a church. A church will go through the motions. They will have worship on Sunday. They will offer Bible study classes, they'll have children's ministry, and they'll have all of these things that take time and resources and, and energy and money, and we feel like we're accomplishing great things, but we're not going anywhere. Have you ever been in the desert spiritually? Has your family ever felt like you're stuck, not making any progress? Has this church ever felt as though we're stuck in the desert and it's time to get out? That's why we come to the book of Joshua, to learn today and through this series of 
several messages through the book of Joshua, how God is saying to Columbia Baptist Church that the journey is now. It's now time to cross over the Jordan River and to begin accomplishing God's will for our church. It's time to stop wearing two pair of right shoes and just walking in circles and spending a lot of time and spending our energy but never going anyplace. It's time for us as a church to hear from God and to hear from His Word and to release the power of the Holy Spirit in our heart and say to God, God, I want to remove anything that would hinder your work in my life and I want to be obedient. I want the chains to be gone. I want the hindrances out of my life. I want my own spiritual desert to be over with and I want to be spiritually in the promised land you walked in this place today and that wasn't on your mind if you walked in here today and it was just another lap around the desert if you came in here today and your family is still stuck and you said you know pastor I didn't walk into this church today to get out of anything I just want to get this over with and if you walked in here today as a church member and you said you know just give us another good one and we'll walk out of here and we'll be on our merry way and don't make us uncomfortable Friend, today is the day to say to God, I don't want another lap in the desert. I don't want to waste more time. I don't want to just spend more energy. I don't want to just keep circling the same scenery. God, I'm ready to cross over the Jordan River and I'm ready to accomplish your will in my life. Is that you today? If it is, you're in the right place. And if not, I pray that by the end of this message is you'll be ready to go with God and to begin the journey. Wherever He leads, that's where you'll go. Whatever God has in store for your family, whatever God has in store for our church, and whatever God has in store for you, be willing to say with God, God, I'm trusting you today. In Joshua chapter 1, we learn how to begin the journey because we learn today that He knows the way. If you found Joshua chapter 1 and you're able to, would you stand as we read this section of Scripture together? The first, ten, first nine verses in Joshua 1, where the Bible tells us, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life just as I was with Moses so I will be with you I will not leave you or forsake you be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them only be strong and very courageous being careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. 
For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will, you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, how thankful we are today that your presence is with us wherever we go. God, may we never lose sight of the fact that we are never closer to you than, we're in, than when we are in the center of your will. Father, may we not depart from the right or to the left. May we not venture off and do our own thing. God, may we not waste the resources that you've given to us as a Christian or as a family or even as a, as a church. God, may you strengthen us this day to be faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ to wherever you may be leading us, we pray. All these things in Jesus' name, you may be seated. This passage of Scripture teaches us today some wonderful lessons about how God is moving in the life of Columbia Baptist Church. And I'm glad that you're here. Because on this day, you're going to begin to hear through this message series in Joshua some initiatives that the Lord has laid on my heart that God desires for us to accomplish spiritually. Some areas of ministry and some work that the Lord is calling us to do where His will can be done. But before we do any of that, before we take the first step over the Jordan River, so to speak, and before we begin this journey with God, we must know why. Notice in these first few verses that the Bible tells us the very first step that we must take is we have to stand on God's law. God has given us His Word. To His people in the book of Joshua, He had given them His law. He had given them all of these commandments that they were to follow to set them apart from the people through whom God was going to bring this land about. You see, so many people had already been living in the land that God had given to them, and so they were going to go city by city to take this land back, and they were just different. The people of Israel were called to be different. They were called to be set apart. But it had to start with Joshua. You notice in verse 1, the Bible says, After the death of Moses, it says in verse 2 then, Moses, my servant, is dead. God wastes no time with subtleties. He tells Joshua this, not as a, a means of dispensing information. Joshua knows that Moses is dead. See, Joshua was Moses' personal assistant. And Moses, though he led the people out of Egypt and led them into the wilderness, Moses sinned while he was in the desert, and God said that you won't be able to cross over and to go into the promised land. The children of Israel that came out of Egypt, they had sinned against God and had been unfaithful. And so the reason they were there for 40 years in the desert is so that all of them that left Egypt would die in the desert, but their children would be the ones to cross over the Jordan. And Joshua has been chosen. His life is now chosen to be the one to carry the children of Israel across the Jordan River, and the time is now. Back in the book of Deuteronomy, just one book to the left. In chapter 3, verse 28, God had said, Commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him 
For He will lead those people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you will, that you will see. God had special plans for His people and He was going to use Joshua to lead them across. When you think for just a moment, what is God's will for the life of our church? What is God's will for your family? And what is God's will for you? How has God positioned leadership? How has God given us His leadership of His Spirit? And how has, has God given us His Word to encourage us to keep our eyes fixed on Him? You see, this book is called Joshua, but it is not about Joshua. The book is called Joshua because the focus of leadership went from Moses to Joshua, but the leadership was always from God. You notice what the Bible goes on to say in verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land. And listen to what God says, that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Friend, make no mistake, the time and the life of this church belongs to God. It does not belong to me. It does not belong to you. It does not belong to those that have come before us. It doesn't belong to those that have gone that will go on after us. It belongs to God. This church belongs to Him. No matter the name, no matter the ministries, no matter the initiatives, no matter who the pastor, who the deacons are, Sunday school teachers, this church belongs to God. And our journey is with Him. We've got to come to that place where we stand firm on God's Word and we hear from Him. Notice again what He says down in verse 5. God says to His people, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Church, listen to me clearly. The Word of God tells us one thing. When we are firm, to stand on God's Word, when we are committed to do God's will, when we are filled with God's Spirit, God says to us, I will never leave you. God doesn't make conditional promises that we must do this or we must do that. No, God says, I'm going to be with you. And that is why we must stay firm on His Word. That is why we must be filled with the Spirit. That is why we must come together as a church and to pray. This message today is going to be the most unique out of all of the messages in Joshua. That's why you have to come back. Because this message is about God leading us to where we do not know where we're going. This message is about us being committed to, to saying to God, God, wherever you lead, that's where I'll go. You know, just like Ellen mentioned a moment ago, when we sing songs and words that flood through our our mind and maybe don't resonate in our heart because we've said them so many times. How many of us have sung songs that tell God that we will go wherever He leads and do whatever He says, and yet we make all these conditions and say, God, but I'm not going to go there. God, I'm not going to do this. Today is a message where we say, God, wherever you lead, that's where I'll go. And God says to us, I will never leave you or forsake you. I hope and pray that you believe as a church that we need God to be here. We can gather here Sunday after Sunday, but friend, if God doesn't show up, if He is not in our midst, and if God is not leading us, then we are lost. We are wandering in the desert just making circles and laps, 
But we need, we need God to stand up and say, this is where you ought to go. It's like a little boy came home from church and they got out of the car and he pulled a quarter out of his pocket and he handed it back to his mom and his mom said, son, I thought you were going to give that as an offering today. He said, well, mama, I was. I was going to give this quarter in Sunday school and I was going to give it to Jesus, but he wasn't there today. How many of us go to church expecting to see the Lord move? Expecting to hear from His Word, expecting to sense His presence there, and it's just not there. We should never walk into our own home and not sense the presence of God. Our home should be a sanctuary unto God. We should never walk into the doors of the office that we inhabit in our workplaces and not sense the presence of God because those places should be a place that God lives. We should never walk into this house of worship and sense that it is dead without the moving of the Spirit because we anticipate, we expect, and we invite the Lord and we pray that God would be here with us. Because without Him, we are nothing. This journey is pointless without God leading us. Notice he goes on to say in verse 6, he tells Joshua and then he tells all the people, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. He says down in verse 9, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Friend, we need God to lead us. We need godly leadership from your pastor, from your deacons, from your Sunday school teachers, from people that are leading ministries, from the staff. We need godly leadership and we need people that are going to get behind God and follow Him wherever He leads. But that has to be an individual decision as well. We individually have to say to God, God, I'm not going to be afraid because you're with me. I'm not going to be afraid to accomplish your will in my home and in my job and in my life because I know that you're with me. In fact, John Powell once said, listen to this, once you say the yes of faith to Jesus and accept the blueprint for the fullness of life, the whole world can no longer revolve around you and your needs and your gratifications. You'll have to revolve around the world seeking to bandage its wounds, loving dead men into life, finding the lost and wanting the unwanted, and leaving far behind all the selfish and parasitical concerns which drain our time and our energy. In other words, friends, we individually have to say, it's not about me. Once Jesus takes over our life and once we yield our life to his leadership once our church comes to that place where we say collectively as a church god we want to be on this journey with you we have to say to god it's not about me back in may of this year a middle school science teacher named jason seaman encountered a school of shooter in his school he threw a basketball at this middle school boy and tackled him he was shot five times a 13 year old student was shot seven times they both survived but there's no telling how many people that middle school teacher saved as a result of his actions 
Sonia Ramirez of Queens, New York, broke the fall of a two-year-old child who had gotten out onto the ledge of a fire escape. And this two-year-old was trying to climb up the fire escape and had gotten, his legs had swung out from under him and he was hanging by two hands several stories above the ground. She stopped and saw this two-year-old little boy just hanging there and waited for him to fall so that she could catch him instead of just going on her merry way. Listen to me, church. We cannot keep walking in circles in the desert while people are dropping like flies and the lost are ending up in hell. We cannot, as families, waste one day while our neighbors go on about their merry life doing whatever they're doing without being a lighthouse in our neighborhood. We cannot, as individual Christians, just continue to make circles around Adair County and just continue to go on as we've always gone on while people around us are lost and dying. Jesus says to us, God's word says to us, be strong and courageous. You can do it. But you've got to be willing to say, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I think. It is about God's will being done in my life. And that is what we must stand firm on. He says in verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Being careful, and I love this, to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Friend, this is the key to accomplishing the will of God. You know, some people circle that word success, and they define it in all sorts of different ways. Do you want to know the way that God defines success in the book of Joshua and all throughout His Word? Accomplishing His will. That's the way that God defines success. And when we are faithful to stand on His Word, then we will be faithful to accomplish the will of God. I wonder sometimes how many of us will bow our knee in prayer, will we'll bow our heads and we'll say, Lord, I've got a great idea. I've come up with this great solution. And God, if you'll only listen to me, I'll tell you exactly how it's supposed to work out, exactly how much it's going to cost, and exactly what I want you to do. And how much time we spend in prayer commanding God to do certain things rather than just coming to God as a blank slate and an empty page and a blank check saying, God, whatever the cost, wherever it is, whatever you call me to do, I'll do it. And be faithful to His Word. And success in life, success in ministry, and success as a church is not, God, is not getting God to do what we think is best, but us yielding to what God says is best. That's success in your life. It's not saying, God, I'm going to name it, claim it, I'm going to tell you what to do and how much to give me, but saying, God, wherever you lead, that's where I'll go. And I'm going to stand on your word, I'm going to be faithful to you, and I'm going to accomplish your will in my life. God says, be strong and very courageous. He says in verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. Friend, how many of you make time every day to meditate on the Word of God? 
How many of you take time other than on a Sunday morning, other than on a perhaps a Wednesday Bible study or another time that you get together with friends, how many of you honestly meditate on the Word of God every single day? And you say, on this Word I will stand. I will take God at His, at his Word and I will do whatever God leads me to do. There was a man who stood at a post in England and he was a century, he was a, a guard. And he stood at this one particular spot and stood guard over this one particular spot. And one day somebody came up to him and asked him, why are you standing at this spot? He said, I don't know, this is what I was commanded to do. He went to his commanding officer and he said, sir, can you tell me why every day I stand at this particular spot? What am I guarding and what am I doing? And his commanding officer said, I have no idea. That's what my commanding officer told me to do, and now I'm a commander, and now I'm telling you to do it. So he went and found out from his commanding officer, Sir, why did I have to, and why does this century have to stand at this one particular spot? What's the point? And apparently, many, many years ago, Catherine the Great had planted a rose bush at that spot and had asked a century to stand there to guard that rose bush that nobody would cut it down. Decades after that rose bush was gone, there was still somebody standing there guarding nothing except out of sheer obedience because that's what the queen said to do. Friend, there are times at our church, there are times at your family, there are times that you as an individual Christian will be called to do something that makes no sense to you. But if that's what God commands us to do, then by God's grace and for His glory, let's do it. Even if people say, why are you doing this? Why are you talking like that? Why are you doing this ministry? Why are you involved in this area in our community? And it is very simply because God says that's what we must do. We have to stand on His Word. Stand firm on His law. Whatever God says, that's what we must do. Here's the second thing. The Bible teaches us not only to stand on God's law, but second of all, to submit to God's leadership. How do we submit to God's leadership? Notice these verses that I did not read. The rest of chapter 1, beginning in verse 10, all the way through the end of the chapter, we're not going to read them all together. But Joshua goes back to the people and he says, listen, in three days this is going to happen. And what I want you to do, he's telling all of these leaders in the community he says here's what i want you to do i want you to go and tell everybody that in three days we're doing this thing in three days we're crossing over the jordan and we're going to accomplish god's will all of these men these leaders of joshua they all go and tell all the people hey in three days we're doing this and then notice the people's reaction and down in verse 16 it says, and they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Friend, I am not Moses. I am not Joshua. I am the senior pastor of Columbia Baptist Church that God has called me to do, to be. I stand before you as God's chosen for this church in a position of leadership 
but in a position of humility to say that if God is what is calling us to do something, it is not Randy's idea, it is not the church's idea, it is God's idea. And in dispensing that information, and in being one that God speaks to, and in being the one that God speaks through in these times of worship, it is not a contest or a power struggle for me against you or you against me or deacons against the pastor and staff or none of that. It is us saying to God, wherever you lead, that's where we'll go. We all have different roles in the life of our church. We all have different levels of leadership. But ultimately, every person should yield to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And if that's happening, that's leadership. If your senior pastor is yielding to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, if our deacons and our Sunday school teachers and other ministry leaders in our church are yielding to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then that is the leadership that our church needs. And one that we as a church must resonate with. Because they said in verse 17, Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. I love that verse. The people followed Moses for 40 years. They followed Moses out of the desert. They followed Moses in the desert. And they said to Joshua, as long as God is with you, the way that he was with Moses will go wherever God leads. And I'm asking you today, How many times do you pray for the leadership of Columbia Baptist Church? How many times do you pray for me as your pastor to know God's will for my life and for our church? How many times do you fall on your face and say, God, just as you were with Moses, God, just as you were with Joshua, God, would you be with Pastor Randy? Because if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is with us, what can stop us? And if God's will is being done, and if we as a church embrace the will of God, and if God is with us, then we can do what He's leading us to do. And we can go where He's leading us to go. A little boy was trying to figure out the leadership in his home. And he looked at his dad and he said, Dad, you're in charge, aren't you? His dad well said, said, well, yeah, son, I'm, I guess so. He said, you're the boss of the house, aren't you, Dad? He said, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose I'm, yeah, I guess I, I'm, I'm the boss of the house. The little boy looked at his dad and he said, that's because Mommy put you in charge, huh, Dad? Here's my question to you. Who's in charge of you? My question to you for me is, who's in charge of me? Who's in charge of us? You see, when the answer is always Jesus, then we're always going to end up where God wants us to be. But if God is not in control of your life, and if Jesus isn't the Lord of your home, 
And if Jesus isn't the Lord of this house and this family of Columbia Baptist Church, if Jesus isn't the Lord of my life, friends, if that's true of all of us, then we're in trouble. But if Jesus is the Lord of my life, and if Jesus is the Lord of your life, and if He's the Lord of your family, if He's the Lord of our church, then this journey with God is going to be amazing. And God knows the way. Are you willing to follow Him? I mentioned a minute ago that this message is going to be a little different, so that way you have to come back to see if I'm right. But I also want our time of invitation to be different as well. Here's what I want to ask you to do. I asked you just a moment ago, who was in charge of you? And friend, I don't know what brought you here today. I don't know why you walked into the doors of this church, and I don't know if you just came because you wanted to, or you came because you had to, or you came because you were compelled to. But listen very clearly, if Jesus Christ is not the center of your life, if you've never come to that moment in your life where you've admitted to God that you're a sinner, and that your life left to itself would be an absolute wreck without God leading, if you've never come to that moment to say to God, God, I know that I'm a sinner, but I also know that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for my sins, and to take my place and to pay what my sins deserve, the payment, the punishment that my sins earned, Jesus paid that for me. If you've never come to that moment in your life where you've recognized that you're a sinner, but you know that you need a Savior and His name is Jesus, and you've given up control of your life and confessed your faith in Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord, then today is the day to do that. Today is the day to make that decision. People are going to be standing in just a moment and praying. And if you've never confessed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then let today be the day that you yield your life and let Jesus be in control. But if you have made that decision, here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to pray. If you've made that decision to trust Jesus Christ, and if you're a part of this family already, and you've been a part of this family of God, maybe even for many years, I want you to write down in your calendar, September the 9th, 2018, is the moment that I began to seriously pray for the future and the health of Columbia Baptist Church. Where I began to pray that God, just as you were with Moses and just as you were with Joshua, would you be with our pastor? Would you be with the other leaders of our church? Would you be with our deacons and be with our with our other leaders and ministry leaders, God, just as you were with Moses and Joshua, would you be with them as well? I want to ask you to pray for your family. Perhaps some of you want to come and pray at the altar here. Perhaps some of you will want to kneel where you're seated right now and just pour your heart out to God. But I'm going to have our worship team singing behind me in just a moment. And instead of you singing and just hearing words come out of your mouth, I want you to pray for God's will to be done in your life. I want you to pray for God's will to be done in my life. I want you to pray for God's will to be done in your family.
and in the life of this church. And I pray that this moment will be a life-altering, eternity-shaking moment for our church. And if you've never taken serious the call and the command to pray, then may today be the day that you begin. Would you stand with me as we pray, as we begin our time of invitation? I'll lead us in a word of prayer, and then as our worship team begins to sing, then you just continue to pray. And if you need to come and pray at this altar, then you do so. Let's pray together. Heavenly Fathers, we enter into this time of invitation. We ask that your Holy Spirit would move in a powerful way. Father, we ask that in this moment that you would speak to our hearts so clearly of any amount of selfishness, any distractions that might be in our life, any, he any hesitation, God, that we have to accomplish your will, anything that stands in the way, God, remove it. Take it. Take it from us. God, if there's anything that keeps us from saying yes, would you help us, Father, to die to ourselves today? We might follow Jesus that much more closely today than every day thereafter. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.